Today, I think we're, we're very privileged because our speaker today is, is from East Africa, um, from the southern Sudan. Uh, he was back home last year, and he has been receiving some re- recent pictures, photos, emails. Um, we weren't able to project them on the screen, so his daughter Agnes will be handing them out later on when, we're, when he speaks to this these issues, but you know, this is the year where, uh, tragically, the number of people who are starving and going hungry in the world has each reached an all-time peak of a billion, over a billion, according to the UN Food and Agricultural Organization. And uh, our world is threatened by simultaneous crises, economic and ecologic. And you know, on, I think it was five minutes' notice, thousands of billions of dollars were made available to the financial empires, while the poor suffer even more because, of course, there's the drought which is being experienced now in East Africa, and, of course, uh, aid dollars are few and far between as the rest of the world uh, works through the other crisis. So Justin will speak today, Justin Odira, about the plight of the Acholi people in the Sudan who were displaced by civil war, a long-time war. Uh, they went to refugee camps in the neighboring uh, countries of Uganda and Kenya. Uh, after 15 years in those camps, uh, the second year of peace in the south, and so they're coming home to devastation, basically. There's nothing there for education, medical care, and as they try to survive uh, in their traditional agricultural, they're, they're dealing also with the, the, the drought. And um, the, uh, Justin came here as a refugee to Canada eight years ago, and he's been trying to organize uh, his people to help his people, which I think is is very admirable, and um, I'm, I'm really happy to invite Justin up to uh, to take this microphone and and uh, and tell us his story. We'll also be having a five-minute uh, uh, video at one point, and the mic will have to move to the video and then back here, and then Justin will tell us what we saw. So. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Justin Odera. And uh, I didn't come alone. I come with my daughter. She's over there, Agnes Odera. Uh, first of all, I'm really very thankful today for having these times to share with you some brief information which I have. And also, I would like to thank Sapa for giving me this opportunity to come here from Calgary. Because without uh, a connection, I wouldn't have come and share with you all what I'm going to say. First, I want to thank James for making it possible 
for all the connection. Thank you, James. Uh, I'm just going direct to what I would like to share with you. You know, our world today have really a lot of difficulties. Uh, the problem people are facing in the world, even us here, we witness, we feel some part of it, and we hear about it in the TV or on the news, uh, about the global warming. The global warming, we heard about it, but here in Canada, we don't see the physical being. Maybe in the northern part, we see the, uh, the ice is mel melting out. Um, <clears throat> what I would like to say is this. Since the global warming is happening, people like in Asia and Africa, they are really suffer the most of the changes. Because you know Africa is the hottest country, the continent in the world. And the temperature is increasing every time and then. And uh, mostly like, you know, Africa country, they depend their times on cultivation. And uh, in mostly in rural area, they do cultivate. And the crop they are producing, it is for them to give their family food, clothes, education, and everything. But since the global warming is happening, and uh, the drought hit Africa really very bad. The drought and the flooding. Uh, like last year, I went there. I found that many people, they cultivate their small land, but they get nothing from it. Even their animal lost their life. And they could not support their children. They could not get a clothes. They could not get a shoes. And most of the family, they are just suffering like that. <clears throat> At the same time, the global warming is open. Also, the recession happened to the first world country, whereby all these things has contributed a lot to the third world country. As you know, most of the third world country, like, for example, Africa country, they are receiving most of their aid from the first world country like Canada, uh, USA, Australia, or Great Britain. And with all those, since the recession happened, and also the global warming drought is happening, people, they really get a lot, a lot worse. The problem is increasing. Even though they have a lot of problems before, but combination of the global warming and the recession has contributed so much. I'm going to show you a little bit of it later on now.
As we look at, uh, you watch the video, it is really, really, really very painful. For me, myself, when I was there, I couldn't even say a word to them. Because to describe it, if I compare their situation and with my children back in Canada, it is really very huge different. And, uh, you know, all this happened uh, at a time when I went there, that is the time to when they were the returnees, the refugees were going back to Sudan. You know, before they run out for their safety, and the time come, they have to go back because there are some agreement and there are some peace is going on. And before they go there, UN told them that they are going to provide them with some basic need. The local people, they asked them, okay, if you want to take us back to Sudan, can you make for us a road? Can you put for us a clinic? Can you build for us a school? Or can you make like some basic need, like water and sanitation? UN said, yes, we are going to do that. But uh, with uh, a big surprise, people went back home. They found no road built no school, only what they did, they built a clinic. They call it hospital. The picture just on the table there. And those, that building has nothing on it. No, nothing is going on completely in this building. Up to now, there's no service. It is just as a building there, there's no medical supply, nothing, no doctor, n nothing there. People are just, you know, they're trying to go with their life like that. And they get really frustrated and they don't know what to do. And some of them felt that they're supposed to go back to the, to the camp where they came from. And uh, there, UN already canceled their name. And they could not also get support from UNS usual at the time when they were in the camp. Now really they are in a very big, big trouble. At the same time, before I go there, I found that there was a break of cholera uh, in the area where at the time when I reached, I found about 35 people have died because of the cholera. Because there is no clean, clean water no nothing which can help people, no clinic, no medical, no any support. Those are the kind of things which really affect the people's life a lot. Those are the basic needs people want to have in their daily life. And now, uh, as you saw, like on the DVD, the school, at that time, I, when I found about 4,000 children, 
guess how many teachers who are teaching them? Only 12 teachers. And they are not trained teachers. They are trying to support. As you heard from one of the teachers saying that some of them are giving their time to help home. Some people felt that instead of wasting time, they're supposed to go where? To look for the money where they can get work and with a little bit like incentive. But still they're struggling. It is good enough the community themselves, they're supporting them. They try to build, like I said, where their children can sit under it. When rain comes, they will just maybe stand on the other side. As one of the girls mentioned that, that is a very difficult time when it is a rainy season because they don't have that much for it. And um, the one thing which also I found it is really, really painful for the little girls. Uh, a little girl, like in senior secondary school, only a few girls go there. The reason is because of the lack of uh, sanitary part for the women to protect against their menstruation. They don't have it, and when this thing happened, the young boys make fun of them. And in, instead of continuing, like persevering, getting a lot of fun and frustration, they felt that it is better for them to quit school and go on with their life. In the age of 12, 13 there. What they do when they go back home, they quit, they quit school, they just go and get married. That is the only thing. Nothing they can do. And you cannot see any girl in like senior three. If you watch the DVD well, and some of them I have it, I supposed to give it to you, but I will live with James. We leave it at home. James will give it to you, the DVD. You will maybe go and watch it more. These are the things I want to share with you. And because... You know, it is better to share, to let people know what is going on in some other, other part of the world than keeping it for yourself or for myself. I'm really appreciate for welcoming me here to share this brief information with you. Thank you.